0: Okay, hey, welcome again to Big Valley. Welcome over in the venue. Glad you guys are there. Thank you, uh, Jackie, for leading worship over there and the team that serves. Uh, If you're in the cafe, I'm glad that you are with us. Um, like, Like 10 minutes ago, I ran out of this room after I welcomed everybody, and I ran over to the nursery right over here. Because there's a, a gal, Allison, in there. And she has been serving here at Big Valley Grace for 10 years holding babies. We got that picture? I just took a picture. Now, all the babies were fine until I walked in the room. Now, that, that always happens. I don't, I don't know why. I got a whole complex about it. So they're all in there having fun. I walk in. They all start crying. But anyway, Allison there, literally 10 years, 9 o'clock hour, 10 years. In fact, I think they told me she's never missed a a Sunday at nine, and she's, uh, her and her family are moving to uh, another city, and uh, which on the one hand is a total bummer, but man, what an incredible servant of the Lord she is, and here's my thought, I had a chance to pray with her, I wonder who's going to take her place. I who's going to go in there and hold babies. There's a whole lot of babies over there. That's just one room, and that ain't even all the babies. There was a whole cadre of them on the other side you can't see. I said, hey, two's enough. you Get too many around me, and I'll forget my message. Um, stunned me. But as I was walking back, I thought, man, I wonder who's going to take her place. I wonder who the next servant of the Lord is here in 2019 that will be as faithful as, uh, as she is. Put, put the pictures of the chairs back up. You know, uh, another, another thing that just brought me joy is just if you weren't here at the very beginning, th- these are chairs that literally this morning we as a church family purchased for a small Latino church across our, our city. And this morning, they're going to be sitting in those nice chairs instead of folding chairs and plastic chairs or whatever it is that they had and it just brought me a, a lot of joy just heading into this new year uh, to know that we as a church family not only care about us, and we need to care about us, you're part of this family, we want to care about you, but this is a church family that, that cares about others, our other you know, brothers and sisters in the Lord. And then finally, before I kind of get into this message, I've had the cards from, from Christmas, our Christmas crusade with me over the last couple of weeks. These are all of the cards that were turned in, and obviously there are a lot of cards that aren't turned in, of people who made some sort of decision for Christ. Maybe it's you. And I've just had a a great time praying for you, praying for these people. We sent out lots of emails and letters and phone calls, hoping that many of them would come to uh, the class Lonnie's gonna teach on Wednesday. This would be a a great place for you as you begin to uh, learn about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here today, this first weekend in, in 2019, and you've known the Lord for a while, and for whatever reason, you got off track, and you said, hey, I'm going to church, I'm gonna start this thing off right. You know what? That'd be a great class to come to. Even though you've walked with God a long time, as Lonnie just kind of takes you through some of the basic things of the faith that we all need to know. And every time I teach that class, man, I'm just always reminded of these great truths, basic truths. And that would be a great place for for you to come also. Or maybe you're here watching online, and you're not a Christian, but you're exploring Christianity. God may be drawing you to himself. You know what? You could come. And it's a way different environment than this. You're kind of sitting around tables. It's really relaxed. You can ask questions and things. And for those of you that don't know the Lord, but you're here and you're trying to figure this thing out, is it real? Is it not real? Wow, what a great place for for you to come uh, also. Okay, take your Bibles and turn to two places. The first one is a a passage in the Old Testament found in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, and then I want you to put your finger in at Hebrews chapter 11, which is in the New Testament. And if you don't have a Bible, all you have to do is go into the altar room here, the altar room over in the uh, the venue, and we'll give you a Bible. Last night, we gave out like more Bibles than we normally give out in a month uh, in the in the altar room. So if you're here and you don't own a Bible, we'd love to put one in your hands, give one to you for free that you could read and study and mark up this next year. Last week, uh, Pastor Lonnie kicked off this special two-week series about revolutionizing our lives or revolutionizing this new new year or how you can make maybe 2019 a, a, a great year. And I listened to it twice. It was a really, really um, powerful message. And if you weren't able to listen to it, look, here's the deal, you you need to go to our website, click on the messages, and you can either watch it for free or you can download it and listen to it for free. We give it to you for free. And you, you need to do that, if this is your church home, Let me just encourage you to take, you know, 40 minutes of your life and sit down and listen to that message because it was really, really something. And I know God will use it in in your life. It was super uh, encouraging and motivating. Now, let me tell you why this is important or why you should care about making 2019 a great year. There's a reason why Pastor Lonnie and I are doing this two-week series, At the end and the beginning of the year, there's a purpose behind it. The Bible says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. That's what the Bible says. God is giving us a a little piece of data here. He's telling us that he's on a a search, if you will. he's, He's looking at the hearts of people. And when he finds somebody who is sold out to him, It's it's like he stops and he goes, okay, I'm going to strengthen that guy or that gal in a unique way. You see, you can be a believer and not sold out. And as the Lord kind of sweeps over this crowd here or those of you over in the venue or the cafe or watching online. He, he, he knows you're a part of his family. He knows you're one of his kids, but your heart isn't totally committed to him. And so he just kind of passes right by you. And then bam, he locks on to the one or the two or the 10 who, wow, that person, that man, that woman, that's uh, somebody's who's sold out. And then through his spirit, he he, he strengthens you in an incredible way to do great things uh, for for the Lord. You know, at our Christmas crusade, I had had an illustration. And for those of you that weren't here, it was uh, this rope here. And I just had you imagine that this rope was your eternal existence. Okay? And this rope... You know, It just kind of goes on and on and on and on and on for millions and millions of miles. This is your eternal existence. And this red piece here is just simply the time that you're going to spend here on planet Earth. But the rope is your eternal existence. You're going to live eternally. And statistically speaking, guys, we, our red piece will be about 76 years. For you gals, it's about 81 years. And so, so this right here, in, in comparison to your eternity, really, really is insignificant when you think about it. But this little part is important. Because it's this part when you're alive, like you are now, where God is is searching. He's looking. He's trying to find the one or the two guys or gals whose hearts are sold out to him. And when he finds that person who's sold out, wow, he locks in. It's like a tractor beam, you know? And then he begins to strengthen that man or that woman in an incredible way to do great things for him that ultimately will make for a, a greater eternity. So this series has a, a purpose behind it and in my bible in first uh, or uh, second chronicles chapter 16 I got that verse underlined and right out here I just have the words how you live is super important. especially if you want to be used by the Lord, especially if you want his power in your life in a a unique unique way. So here's what I want to do today. I want to take a quick look at the life of Moses because when Moses was alive, wow, God saw a man who was totally sold out to him, which is why Moses was used in such an incredible way. Now, Moses wasn't a perfect man. He had some really crazy flaws. There are some things about the life of Moses that uh, are, are troubling God isn't looking for somebody who's perfect. It doesn't say that because he he wouldn't find anybody who's perfect. We're all flawed people. All of us. Some like me have greater flaws than others. But you can be flawed and still have an incredible heart for the Lord. And Moses, wow, I I think when God saw him in his heart, he said, man, that's the guy I'm going to use. And so God used him in amazing ways. God said, Moses, you're going to be the one who I give the 10 commandments to. I mean, he could have chose anybody, right? But he chose Moses. You're going to be the guy, Moses. Moses you're going to be the guy who leads my people out of captivity. They had been captives for 400 years. And God could have chosen anybody, but he chose Moses. Moses, you're going to be the one who leads the, my, my people out of captivity. God used Moses to uh, write the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then some others, uh, a a few Psalms. I mean, uh, God chose Moses to do some incredible things because he saw Moses' heart and went, that's a guy, that's the man, that's the guy I'm gonna use. God did a bunch of amazing miracles through Moses we all are familiar with, you know, he gets to the Red Sea, the whole thing splits, the good guys make it through and the bad guys all drown, right? He, he, he did a lot of other miracles through Moses also. And here's the deal. Moses was no different than you. He's no different than me. In fact, Moses did things that most of us in this room I've never done. Praise God. He did some really crummy things. But the one thing that Moses did is he had a heart that was sold out to the Lord. And he made a few decisions in his life that I think impacted how his 2019 was gonna play out. And so in Hebrews chapter 11... The writer records a few thoughts, okay? And I want us to look at them. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but there's a couple of really neat things that Moses did, some choices he made that I think set him apart. In Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 23. It says this. It says, it was by faith that Moses' parents... Hit him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Most of us know what that means, but for those of you that don't, let me give you a little context. When Moses was born, when Moses was a baby, the king issued a decree that all the children, all the boys were to be killed. So mom, I want you to imagine that. You got your little baby. And all of a sudden, the most powerful person on the planet says all the boys are to die. And so Moses' mother um, didn't care what the king said. And she found a little boat, a little you know, basket, put Moses in it, and stuck him in the Nile River. Imagine that, mom. There goes your little boy floating down the Nile River. I mean, it could turn over, capsize, baby die. You have no, you don't have any clue. You just know that if I keep this baby, it's going to be dead. So I'm going to take a chance because there's there's something unique about this child. And doesn't every mother say that, by the way? Yeah, everybody's got a little angel. And as that baby was floating down the river, Pharaoh's daughter's out, you know, taking a bath, swimming. And all of a sudden she sees the little boat, she sees the little basket. And she grabs it and pulls a little baby out. And she decides, I'm going to keep this baby. And I'm going to raise this baby as if it was my own. Wow. Look at verse 24. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up now, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Wow, one of the things I love about the Bible is it's just it's just truth. Man, sin has pleasures attached to it, right? Just that they're fleeting. They're fleeting He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. And we all get that, right? We all were worshiping a God who's, you know, he's invisible. There's going to come a moment we'll be in his presence for all of eternity. Right now, he's invisible. So we're singing these songs, we're giving these gifts. So we got our eyes, just like Moses, on this God that we know is real, and yet we don't. We, we don't. We not touch him. We can't see him. Now, I want you to know, as I said, these five verses don't tell us all there is to know about Moses. But um, for whatever reason, these are what the Holy Spirit put on the writer's heart and mind to to write. So what was the first decision that Moses made that um, impacted his life, that made him such a great leader, that, that made God stop when he saw his heart? and go, I'm gonna strengthen that guy. I'm gonna use that guy. The first one was this. Moses chose to be who he was. Look at verse 24. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He made a choice there. Remember, when, when Moses was a baby, his mom puts him into the little boat and, and sent him down the Nile River because the king was killing off, you know, all the Hebrew babies, and as this little boat was floating down the river, the daughter of Pharaoh was taking a bath, and she sees this little boat with Moses inside of it, and she takes it back and raises it, raises Moses as her own son. Now, I don't want you to miss this, okay? Don't miss this. Moses was the son of a Hebrew slave, but he was raised as Pharaoh's grandson in Pharaoh's palace, which was the most, I don't know, opulent place on the planet at the time. Now, many years later, a day came when Moses learned the truth about who he was and where he originally come from, and at that moment, Moses had a decision to make. Am I Jewish or am I an Egyptian? If I'm Jewish, then I'm a slave. If I'm an Egyptian, then I'm royalty. I want you to know something. You can read this and what? That took me, I don't know, 10 seconds to read. This was weighty. This is a weighty moment in Moses' life. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're trying to tell me I'm not really Pharaoh's grandson? And the consequence, by the way, of the decision he's going to make is going to affect the rest of his life. If he chooses to say, hey, I'm Pharaoh's grandson, man, he's going to enjoy a a life of fame, a a life of fortune, a life of of luxury. He's going to be an heir to the throne. He's going to be an heir. He's going to receive more money than, I don't know, Bill Gates could ever dream of. If he chooses to say, I'm Jewish, I'm the son of a Jewish slave. He'll be rejected. He'll be despised. He'll be thrown out of the palace. He'll be humiliated. And now he's going to live like a slave. (sighs) Moses had a huge decision to make. And obviously, Moses chose not to live a lie. Moses saw his people, the Jews, being badly mistreated as slaves, and he couldn't be silent. And because he was a man of great integrity and character, he made a decision that literally cost him the next 80 years of his life. Now, let me, let me shift gears here or take this boat in another direction just for a moment. You see, once you give your life to Jesus Christ, Once you really understand what Steve was talking about, that, man, you you recognize that sin had separated you from God, when you recognize that you couldn't do anything to fix the problem that sin brought, the, the, the severing of a relationship between you and God, when you recognize that God's the one who solved the problem by sending his son Jesus to die on a cross and shed his blood and be put into a tomb and walk out of that tomb three days later, when you, when God opened your eyes to that truth, And you gave your life to Christ and you became a follower of His, you're faced with basically the same decision that Moses was faced with. Are you going to be known as a follower of Jesus Christ or are you going to be known for something else? I mean, really, it's the same choice. Are you gonna let people know, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. I bear his name. Or, you can be a believer and just kinda live like 007, you know, under the radar where really nobody knows who you are. Somebody asks you, you know, Monday at work, hey, what'd you do yesterday? Boy, I watched that football game. It was a great game, wasn't it? The last thing you're gonna do is let people know you go to church, especially a church like this. A church that's not ashamed of the gospel, the whole gospel. So you'll say all kinds of things other than, man, I went and worshiped the Lord. Beloved, when you make the decision to be known as a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to know you're well on your way. Making 2019 maybe the best year of your life, or if 2018 was a good year, 2019 is going to be just as good. When you, like Moses, make the decision, you know what? I'm a follower of Christ, and I'm going to live like I'm a follower of Christ. I'm going to bear His name. So the first thing that Moses did was he settled the issue of who he was, and it's the first thing that you need to do. Now, the second thing, and this kind of overlaps with the first one, is this, second decision that Moses made. Moses chose to do what was right rather than what is easy. And I think that this is appropriate for the culture that we live in, because we're all looking, you know, for what's easy. And sometimes what's right and what's easier, two different things. Look at verse 25. He, Moses, chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. One version says he chose to be mistreated. Moses chose to be mistreated. He made that choice with God's people rather than than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. And and in your Bibles, you ought to underline that word chose, or in your notes, you ought to underline the word he chose. If you want to make an impact with your life, you've got to make the right choices in life. You want 2019 to be a great year, you have some really um, weighty choices to make. Here's the deal. You will read your Bible as much as you want to read your Bible in 2019. It's your choice. You're going to make that choice. You're going to memorize as many scriptures as you want to memorize in 2019. That's your choice. You're going to make that choice. In 2019, you're going to make the choice. Man, do I really want to get in a small group and fellowship with other believers? You're going to make that choice. It's your choice. You can say, no, I'm not going to do it, or yeah, I am going to do it. You're you're going to watch as much TV as you want to watch. It's your choice. You're going to pray as much as you want to pray because it's your choice. You're gonna spend your money. You're gonna invest your money however you wanna do it. It's your choice. It's your choice. Man, aren't you glad that you made a choice to invest in in the Christmas fund so that we could get chairs for another church, a group of people you may never meet till you get to glory? Aren't you glad? Man, don't you look at that picture and go, you know, I'm I'm glad I, you know, over and above what I normally give. I'm glad I did that. When I saw those pictures, man, it just made me happy. You know, Karen and I were sitting in an office talking about it. And then all of a sudden I get the pictures and whoa, it was like this reality. It wasn't just, well, we're helping a church. All of a sudden it was like, wow, there's going to be like real people. My brothers and sisters sitting in those chairs. There's going to be lost people sitting in those chairs here in the gospel. You see, you're going to spend your free time any way you want. It's your choice. You're going to spend Sundays at 9 a.m. any way you want. It's your choice. We we all met Allison a little bit ago. She made a choice that at 9 a.m. for 10 years, she was going to go hold babies so that People could come in here and enjoy singing and giving and worshiping the Lord and all of that. Aren't you glad she made that choice? Look, God's giving you the freedom of choice, and the choices you make are going to determine your 2019, basically. In verse 24, Moses made the choice not to be called the grandson of Pharaoh, And that was a choice that brought some pain. And now in verse 25, he's making another choice that's gonna bring some pain. Moses makes the choice to follow God. Moses makes the choice that he was gonna do the right thing regardless of what it cost him. And when you make this choice, when you make this decision, it's unbelievable how God will use you. It's unbelievable what will happen in 2019 in your lives. To make the right choices. Now, let me share with you an important bonus thought. Everybody, look back at verse 23 again. It says, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. Okay? See that? When Moses was a baby, the sovereign hand of God moved. Moved within the life of Moses' mother. Moses didn't have a say. Hey, hey, put me in a boat. He he had no say. God was just moving. And the sovereign hand of God put Moses in a little tiny boat and sent him down the Nile River. Okay? God, in other words, made the choice to save Moses. Moses. But verse 24, look at it, says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, you see, it was a, as a baby, it was okay for Moses to live off of his parents' faith, but when he had grown up, he had to make the choice to follow God on his own. And that's true for all of us. My children didn't have a, 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 a say in the faith as they grew up. They, I just brought them to church. They were in Sunday school. They were taught Bible stories and Bible lessons. You know, you're going to youth group. You're going to camp. You know, or put them in a Christian school. They didn't have a choice in it. But they grew up. And when you grow up, now all of a sudden, You have to make your own choice about what you're going to do with God. You see, Moses didn't have a choice. He was put in a boat. But now he's older and he's got some choices to make, some weighty choices to make. See, here's the deal. God didn't force Moses to do anything Moses had to go God's way because he chose to go God's way. It's a choice. Pastor Lonnie mentioned this great moment in the life of Joshua, and it says this in chapter 24. Joshua said to the people, Now, quote, Now respect the Lord and serve him fully and sincerely throw away the gods that your ancestors worshipped on the other side of the Euphrates River and in Egypt, Serve the Lord. But if you don't want to serve the Lord, you must choose for yourself today whom you will serve. You may serve the gods that your ancestors worshiped when they lived on the other side of the Euphrates River, or you may serve the gods of the Amorites who lived in this land. And here's the the famous statement As for me and my family, we're going to make a choice. While we're still in the red piece, we're gonna serve the Lord. It's a choice. And you you have a choice today. You you can choose to do whatever you wanna do until you take your last breath. You live any way you wanna live. God doesn't force you to do anything. But if you really want to be used, if you want the eyes of the Lord when they search over, you know, your life in the morning when you wake up, you want him to stop and go, whoa, there's a guy, there's a gal that sold out to me. I almost strengthened that guy. Wow. It's a choice you're going to make. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Well, I'll tell you what, (laughs) that's a declaration. Today, I'm serving you. Today's it, God, I'm serving you. 2018, I was one of your kids. I knew I was saved, but frankly, I didn't serve you. I was serving all kinds of things and people and whatever, not, not, not 2019. I'm a follower of yours. I'm making that choice. I'm gonna bear the name Christ and I'm choosing to follow you, serve you. That'll change your life. And number three, Moses chose a value system for his life. Look at verse 26. He, Moses, thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. He was looking ahead to his great reward. Look, the only way that this is going to end up being a great year for you is you got to have a value system for your life. you got to know what's important. And here's the deal. When you're young, you don't know what that is. You can't figure that out because you just don't have enough miles on the, your, your odometer of life. Because figuring out what's really important takes time. I look at my kids, you know, or at least my youngest ones, and what's important to them right now are some of the goofiest, dumbest stuff because they, they don't know any better. They don't know. It's impossible for them to know. They don't have enough life experiences to figure out what's really important. But if you're an adult, you gotta figure that out. You gotta know what, man, what are the top five things that I value or the top five things that are the most important to me? Gotta know what they are. What are the top 10 things? Basically, verse 26 tells us what Moses valued in life. And let me tell you why this is important. It's important because if you don't decide what's important to you, somebody else is going to do that. In fact, somebody else already has. Whoever's selling the game Fortnite has already decided what's most important. The world is already pushing it on to our kids and to us as adults because we don't know what's important. If you don't decide how you're going to use your time, somebody else will, I guarantee it. If you don't decide how you're going to spend your money, somebody else will be more than happy to do it. Hey, everybody needs a sham wow, right? <laughs> Oh, oh, thank you. Oh. and then they really hook you in you can get a sham well for 29.95 but then at the very end they go hey listen here's here's the deal man we'll give you two. <laughs> Oh, that's it i'm taking two of them are you kidding me one at 29.95 is a win. two i got a christmas gift for somebody man this is a See commercials are all about you not knowing what's important to you and what you value. And if you don't know, you'll make other people billionaires. In fact, you'll make people billionaires and you don't even have the money, do you? Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird that we as believers because we don't really know what we value? Look, here's the deal. If you don't decide how you're going to raise your children, somebody else already has. The world, the demonic, they've already taken the responsibility for you. Thank you very much for not instilling values in your children. We got it. That's what's happening. You, 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 you want to, look, look, let me just tell you this. If Moses would have said, God, I don't want you. I really don't. I really would like all the gold and silver and all the cars I can buy and homes I can have. Man, I, I got no, no thank you. He'd have said no to God and yes to the world's values. How many of you here can name one pharaoh other than the one in the movie The King and I? (laughs) Nobody. Let me tell you something. When the pharaohs were alive, they were the most powerful people on the planet. They were the wealthiest people on the planet. Nobody had more influence than the Pharaohs had and you don't know one of them. If Moses would have said, no God, no thank you, we wouldn't know who he is. We wouldn't be studying his life. Oh, he'd have, for a season, had a lot of fancy cars and fancy TVs and a lot of fancy stuff. He'd have, you know, had a great life. But we wouldn't know who he is. Just like we don't know who the pharaohs are now. And those pharaohs, they've got pyramids built over their tombs. That's how important they were, and you know, you know their names. But here's the deal. You're in this room right now. You're watching online. Maybe you're over in the venue or whatever. And you may not even be a believer, but you know who Moses is. because Moses didn't say no to God. He said yes to God. And he made decisions based upon that, and it revolutionized his his life. Okay, everybody stand up. Everybody on the venue, stand up. And so, Father, thank you, Lord, for um, the life of Moses, May these three simple truths that we learn here in Hebrews 11 rattle around in our minds as we enter into this new year, God. Because if we as individuals make these same decisions that Moses made, wow, there's going to be a lot of people in here doing great things for God this next year, which means we as a church family will be doing great things for God this year. Thanks for your goodness to us, Lord. And I pray these things in your name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Hey, Lord, bless you. Okay, live for Christ.